Hey everyone, welcome back to Latter-day Takes. I hope you all have been having a great month, great Christmas, getting in the holiday spirit, charitable, things like that. This last weekend, I actually threw a charity poker night. Um, raised over $600 with friends that just wanted to get together, play some poker in the name of charity. Winner take all, and then that winner specifically gets to pick the charity that the money goes to. And uh, this one was pretty cool. It was uh, won by somebody whose sister had actually died of cancer recently. But before she had passed away, she had actually been doing a lot of charitable work herself and working with nonprofits and helping others with uh, similar afflictions and the families and all that. So it was really poetic. It was really nice, kind of... Um, Really, really fun to witness kind of that play out. And uh, really, really uh, nice guy. Shout out to Dan Osler. Couldn't have happened to a better person. We had a fun time. A lot of people came to support and just kind of hang out and have fun. Uh, I hope more and more of you getting into the Christmas spirit, giving, things like that. I hope Saturday was better for you than it was for me because uh, BYU football completely flamed out. And I would say it was, I mean, it's not long-term problematic, but it definitely, definitely puts a damper on, a, on an otherwise amazing season. So Chase and I were going to get together and hash that out before Christmas, give you one last pod to listen to how bad our Cougars went. But we're going to, uh, we're going to be doing our airing of grievances, and that's going to come out on a very special day if you're able to put that together. little teaser for you there. Anyway, hope you all are doing well. Um, this is the part two of the Adam Eberts episode. Um, Adam's such an interesting guy to talk to. He's really easy, really nice, really he really thinks about what he says, and he's also just kind of got this practical way of talking. He just kind of he knows exactly who he is, and so he conveys that message very easily. Uh, it's kind of nonchalant. It's not hard for him to articulate kind of how he sees the world, and so that's what made that conversation really fun and what I thought was engaging and we specifically get into kind of the Desnap movement as um, I had noted earlier in the first episode with Adam we didn't talk about the Desnat um, part at all really in that episode but um, I did note in the intro that he was kind of pivotal in that movement and starting that out and then we talk about his own attempts to kind of claim the word the gospel and to put more positive messages out there and to be kind of more um defenders of the faith so to speak adam's a great guy i hope you all enjoy this episode i i find this one very interesting myself so i hope you all do too otherwise have a great week it's monday christmas is on i want to say saturday so let's uh let's have a positive week going into christmas let's try and do nice things for others and just spread goodness and cheer wherever we can i say this more for myself than anybody else Love you all. Have a good one, and we'll see you later this week. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. 
Mormons are really nice people. Totally nice. They are the yes. best cult. Have you ever, under the influence of alcohol, questioned the teachings of the Mormon church? Well, these Mormons are so nice. Everybody's so nice. <laughs> Everybody's so nice in Utah. They're all Mormon, right? Yeah. So they're not most drinking. It, and they're like not cussing. They're like, Slovis, you stink. <laughs> I'm afraid it was the Mormons. Yes, yes the, the Mormons, Mormons were the correct answer. Because oh. God loves Mormons and he wants some more. Shout out to the Latter-day Saints. First and foremost, what had motivated either you or Tanner Guzzi to start Spiritual Larson? Um, man, that's a great question because I don't, I don't know. So it, it was coming on the, on the heels of the whole like yeah. that thing, right? Like, which we'll get um, to in a second. By the and, way, I, I, I want to cover that as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so really, like. I, I think a lot of us were sort of feeling that something needed to happen. Something needed to shift. There needed to be kind of a, a change in sort of focus and direction and whatever. Everybody, I say everybody, like a lot of us, people that I had conversations with, we're all kind of sensing this and we're all kind of feeling out ideas or whatever. And then literally one day I get a text from Tanner who says, you want to start a podcast? Cool. Let's <laughs> do it. Simple. What do you want to talk about? We don't know, except that, uh, like, we, we approached it the, the first very first episode. We're just talking about the fact that we just wanted to start doing something and we didn't know what it was, but that was the conversation is that you have to be in motion or, or willing to be in motion for, for things to kind of happen. Mm -hmm. Right. It's a lot easier to, to balance a bicycle if you're moving than to try to That's balance it standing still and, and hope that it, you know, a direction materializes for you. And so it really was just, let's just start talking about, doing stuff and what we're doing and and you can listen through all the episodes there's kind of an evolution and it's a natural evolution that has taken place between what we've started doing and then what we're doing now um and it's a pretty quick evolution but none of this was was conscious none of this was like we're gonna start a podcast where you and i are just gonna like struggle with ideas and and thoughts and kind of work them out in real time and let everybody come in and listen to that process like that was never what we thought we would do. Um, it wasn't, it certainly wasn't top of mind for us. So yeah, Tanner, Tanner sent me a text and said, do you want to do it? That. And I said, yes. And we did it. That's like, that, that's pretty cool. That's it. That's, that's, that's really cool. It. That's it. In um, so let's talk about Desnat for a second then. Cause my own experience with Desnat, it started off. I was like, wait, this Desnat group, like they sound brutal. Like they sound vicious, mean, all that <laughs> stuff. No joke. Yeah, no, and I, I really like, I'm hearing this from other people. I never really followed the hashtag a whole lot, but I see it every now and then. And I think the ones that I'd probably mainly mm -hmm. seen were the ones that probably, and I don't, I don't know how, what your thought is on this, but kind of got compromised where it was like some people, like whenever you start a movement, and I think you even talked about this, whenever you start a movement, you, it's not like you've created this club where you have to take an oath in order to get in. And therefore that movement right. is now accountable for anybody that wants to say they're a part of it. It doesn't work that way, especially a hashtag on freaking Twitter. Like, right. Of course you're going to find rogue exactly. people that are going to take their own spin on whatever this movement is claim to be a part mm -hmm. of it and ultimately make the whole thing look bad. That gets blown up by some people that are whatever mad at this or that or the other and say, look how terrible all of Desnat is, for example. And Right. Anybody, anybody using exactly. that hashtag is, is exactly. a part of... So my experience is that where I'm just kind of like, I guess the only times I've seen it is this. And then I hear there's a lot of anonymity involved, which, by the way, I'm not the biggest fan of anonymity, which is something that I've always appreciated about you, right. Tanner, and the rest of the... There's a 
I mean, by far, the majority is not anonymous by far. Um, right. And even less so right. now, it seems like. But I just never like the idea of anonymity in any regard, because I feel like it gives this false um, notion that you can get away with a little bit more than you normally would when you would just want to talk to somebody. And I think right. social media already has a barrier to it, that you would say things that you normally wouldn't to somebody uh, in person only because it's social media and you might not even be anonymous, but it already has right. that. And so why add another layer of anonymity? Anyway, that's my little rant on that. So not to say that anybody that's been anonymous on Desnap, by the way, has problems. I, I'm not saying that either because there's a lot of those, those guys are brilliant. Some of those guys are like some, saying some of the smartest yeah. things I've ever heard. I, I was going to say, I, yeah, some of the smartest people yeah. I know, I, I, I know because of because of Desna and well and Bennett's phylactery who's no longer yeah. technically anonymous but you guys had him on your podcast and he had gotten exposed and everything that guy mm -hmm. what he says brilliant I mean it's just that, he, he is gifted oh, yeah. there's no question about that but absolutely I want to talk about kind of that so that's my own experience with Desnap and and what I can relate it to easily is I actually bought tickets um in a few months to go see Jordan Peterson he's coming to Salt Lake City and nice. um just through mentioning, I didn't actually mention it myself, but I had some friends that I'm going with that mentioned that they're going. And just by mentioning it, some some people came back at them and be like, oh yeah, I don't like that guy. And all of us are stunned. We're just like, what? can you point to, to us, what, what, like point yeah. to somewhere, point it out to us where he's done anything that's been bad, offensive, besides Ta-Nehisi ta Coates saying that he's racist, misogynist, or homophobic? Because outside of other people right. attributing these monikers to him, I've literally never seen it myself. And I've read his books. Like, I've followed him on Twitter, Instagram. Like, I am not seeing it anywhere. So please point me on the map where it says any of, where he says any of this. Same idea with Desnat. That's, that's why I mentioned Jordan Peterson. Because once I started following a lot more of the Desnat crew, I'm like, these are good people. Like, these are good people who are just finally fed up with what it seems like. This idea that we can be progressive in the church and change the doctrine of the church if we just make more of and more of an effort. And it's kind of like, wait a second, the doctrine is not supposed to change. And that's where you guys kind of put your foot down is what it seems like to me. Yeah. And, and it's so funny because it's like, it's completely evolved. So, so I, I, I've been there pretty much from the beginning, right? Like uh, I, I was there before there was a hashtag um, and, and there were several of us who were. And, and so like what, what it started out, for me is very different than sort of what it evolved to for a lot of others. And then what it is today Which is often the case. Yeah. It, it's kind of, yeah. Well, and, and that's, what's so funny about it is because they want to treat it like some sort of monolith. Like, like we have like this rigid structure that, that is Desna and it, it's not, it's a freaking <laughs> hashtag. Like it, it was, a, it was a way it's, to so, It stands for so early Deseret nation, by the way. Deseret Nation, and it's spelled with a Z because because sure. of how it, yeah. it okay. sounds. I just wanted right? to make sure that, Desert, yeah. Because I heard somewhere somebody say Deseret Nationalist, and I was like, well, that seems like a weird mm. idea behind that. But anyway, <laughs> I just wanted to, wasn't sure. Right. Anyway, sorry. Yeah, yeah, it was, it, was, it was Deseret Nation. And it came about because, like, prior to the existence of Desnet, the, the dominant uh, LDS hashtag on Twitter was, was Twitter stake, hashtag Twitter stake. And I, I was really active, and I've talked about this on Twitter and other places, but like I was really active for the Mitt Romney campaign 
I, I was I was a big Mitt Romney guy. I have since <laughs> I'm, I'm the same boat as uh, you. But at the same time, exact boat as you. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was I was a big Mitt Romney guy, and so I got onto Twitter to to do a lot of political stuff, right? And and I wasn't looking for members of the church or anything, but because it was Mitt Romney, I crossed paths with a lot of members of the church, and I got kind of excited because I'm living in Oklahoma at the time, and and I got kind of excited about like, hey, there's a lot of members involved in this, and it didn't it had never occurred to me to connect with members of the church online. My ward in Oklahoma was a disaster. And, and I did an episode on this, like my wife and I felt completely alone in our faith. We felt entirely like we were the only people who believed what we believed for a hundred miles. And we felt totally inalienated. And so when I realized like, oh, I can connect with members of the church and get some of that, that cultural mm. Mormonism back into my life that was kind of missing, um, that, that we did enjoy in Rexburg. And so once Mitt Romney completely disappointed me and, and broke my heart one too many times, <laughs> I, uh, I scuttled that account and I started uh, a, an account specifically for, for my Latter-day Saint kind of, you know, ideas. And I went through and I added on Twitter, not knowing any better, anybody who had any reference to Mormonism or any link or Twitter to or Mormon.org. Yeah. In, in their, in their bio, I was just adding everybody. Cause it's like, it was like a yeah, kid in a yeah, candy yeah. store, like all these Latter-day Saints to follow and and still didn't really understand how Twitter worked or anything. So as I'm reading through this Twitter feed from all of these people, I'm realizing pretty quickly, like, uh, <laughs> these are not faithful Latter-day Saints. There is a lot of murmuring going on. There's a lot of undermining. There's a lot of like, I mean, straight up just like. Apostasy. Yeah, like the, the progressive aspects and, of changing the doctrine for sure exactly and then and then not just that you had straight up antis and ex-members all over the twitter stake hashtag and and there was no the only things that were kind of allowed were like puns and and memes pro church sort of any other like unironic and unapologetic pro church statement just got completely buried under like Exmo and 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 Progmo just garbage nonsense. Just, they were just yeah. attacked, completely, ruthlessly attacked, and it didn't exist at all. For for there was no faithful voices. They were all just just swallowed up. And I got super discouraged by it. I thought like if this is, if this is the church in Utah, then what hope do I have in Oklahoma? Like it, I, I was feeling even more alienated from, yeah. from my faith than before. Um, it was just super disappointing. The whole church is going to hell and we'll just, just right. hunker down. Yeah, and the world may go, my, what um, my mom would say is that the world's going to hell, but the church is fall, going six months later. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's how it felt. Um, and so I was gonna, I was gonna scuttle this Twitter account too. I was going to get rid of it, delete it. And before I go yeah. though, <laughs> there are, there, there were a couple of accounts that were like current BYU students who did nothing but badmouth BYU. And we're talking about how they were going to leave the church as soon as they graduated. They were there for the subsidized mm -hmm. tuition. They were there for, the parents, for you know, because my yeah, parents exactly. were me go. And so I, I started challenging some of these tweets saying like, why you can transfer to any other school. You can get Pell Grants, you can get whatever. Like, why go there? And then I started catching a lot of heat and I refused to back down. I refused to take it personally, That's first of all. Key. Like, I'm not yeah. fighting with you. I'm saying, yes, like, I'm not getting upset here, like what you're doing makes no sense. And it makes you an inauthentic person to be doing it. Like why put yourself and everybody else through it? And why take a spot from a kid who wants to be there just because you're afraid to confront your mom and dad about it? Like 
it, it seems ridiculous. So lots and lots of Twitter fights kind of ensued uh, as, as a result of that. And so while all of that's going on, I, I start to recognize people kind of coming into my defense, uh, jumping into some of my conversations. So the J. Reuben Clark was was a big one. He was one of the first larger accounts and, and intelligent, yeah. obviously intelligent people yeah. start jumping into my threads and start defending a lot of the things that I was saying. And then I eventually got pulled into a DM group with him and several others that was kind of being assembled while all this was going on. So it, it wasn't just me. A lot of other people were starting to kind of push back on some of this rhetoric. And once we were all able to network with each other, then it was like, oh, okay, like there's strength in numbers. We started to understand kind of how the Twitter platform yeah. works and and why certain voices are getting suppressed and other voices are kind of like doing what they're doing. And so it, it was him and several others. And, and we just started like kind of getting each other's backs, like showing up for each other's Twitter spats and, and arguments and everything else. And then one day I had, it was like a follow Friday, which was a thing that- I actually remember that. Yeah, yeah. For, and, and I did a whole list of everybody who had consistently been showing up in my mentions positively. And it was like like four or five tweets long. And I just said, follow these people. And it turned into this mass, like mutual following that we all kind of like did. And then and then off Twitter in another uh, social media platform, Discord, it's like a, like a gamer chat kind of thing. There was some other discussion. So these people who were kind of being brought in off of Twitter, funneled into Discord. And then there's some discussions on Discord where we kind of all realize like we all come from very different political backgrounds we're all feeling dis disenchanted and uh you know disenfranchised, disenfranchised yeah. by political outcomes uh, and everything else and and there was a lot of political debate and argument but the one thing that we all kind of agreed on was the church that that you know what like politics doesn't matter in the long run because we know that the church triumphs and so there was kind of this coalescing where we all differed politically, this coalescing around this like one idea that like eventually Zion is rebuilt, like eventually Zion prevails. And it took on kind of this political moniker of, of Deseret Nation. Like that's actually what we're looking for. Like that's actually what we want. We're not going to find it in any political candidate. We're not going to find it in, in anything but, you know, living the laws of God. And so that's off Twitter kind of where we're all sort of coming to. On Twitter, the Desnet hashtag is created and thrown out there, and we all start using it to kind of network with each other. But most of what is taking place on Twitter is just fighting back all the bad faith arguments, all the all the tactics that these ex-members use to kind of like browbeat you and to shame you for church history and to try to make you apologize for church history. And so we just started creating memes that totally lean into our mm. church history. That, that make no apologies whatsoever. My favorite meme, one that I created that I'm quite proud of, is uh, the Nauvoo Expositor on fire, and there's a family <laughs> roasting marshmallows over the fire. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, a fantastic sure meme. That one. <laughs> uh, it's classic, right? Because people were saying, well, the church burnt down the newspaper. And it's like, yeah, so what? Like, I'm not going to apologize for that. I had There's a lot of historical context we to had that, a, that I'm sure you're aware of as well. Yeah, Exactly. Yes, we had a dang good reason yeah, well, to do so they, it. And, that was and a we thing. Did it. Like people burnt down printing presses. Like yeah. that was not a church thing versus the the government <laughs> thing. Like people were doing that left and right. Right. From what I understand. Yeah. So why should why should I yeah. apologize for that? 
but but that's that's what they do to get you on your back foot. And so when we stopped apologizing, just refused to apologize, it, it, it basically it cleared a space that we got to talk to, like we got to talk openly amongst ourselves about the things that were important to us without being molested by all these these people with with bad intent. And so that that's what Desnat was for is kind of clearing this battleground. You know, we're we're, we're the forward troops in, in clearing a safe landing zone. And, and everybody else kind of trickles in and sees it and everybody kind of develops their own ideas about what it was for and, and what it means and whatever. And that's fine. I don't care about all that. It's just a hashtag. But, but for us at the time when it was kind of developed, it was really about like covering each other's butts, like helping each other out. I can't tell you how much gay porn I got oh sent goodness. to me, how many like photo, photoshopped photos of like me, my face in temple robes or, or me my face on like gay porn in, in temple oh clothing, gosh. like just, just sent. Yeah, it was, it was awful. It, and it made you want to delete the app instead, you know, grant, like we finally had a space where we got to be us. And if anybody came along trying to kind of pick a fight and trying to do these bad faith arguments and undermine people's testimonies and undermine people's faith and tell them, you know, you're not really Christians. And Joseph Smith had peep stones in a hat. Like then this was, this was our response to that. And eventually they left us alone. Eventually they moved out and gave us the space and it had to happen yeah. or there would have been no space. It would have, it, there, it was the only way to kind of take it back. And, and then Desnat gets caught up because you got a lot of people who kind of run mm-hmm. with it, right? People who take it a little too far and that's fine. It happens. Like, it, whatever. I'll, I'll stand yeah. accountable. Yeah, it happens. I'll stand accountable As an individual. for what I did. I'm Absolutely. Not for what yeah. Other people. yeah, exactly. Um, sorry, keep and, going. And, and so a lot of, I was just going to say, so a lot of the, a lot of the, it, it was a heightened political time anyway. And so the first story that ran on us ran on us almost right away. And it was written by a former member of the church and it appeared in the Daily Beast, which is a big publication where they're like, Desnat's a hate group and it's a white supremacist group. No evidence whatsoever of any Which of by the just, way, just what it is. All, all these guys getting exposed, so to speak, as being the anonymous ones in Desnat, that's every, it's, it's like, it's, right. it's a freaking template the racist bigot oh, homophobe yeah, yeah. and they never actually show any tweets in anything i've read that these guys no, have done. because <laughs> yeah. so many of the, because so many of their tweets are so good <laughs> that they're like wait a minute yeah. wait a minute you're gonna make me agree with this like guy, they tweeted out something about the family yeah, proclamation yeah. and now they're all homophobic it's like okay then i guess we all are sure that's your definition well and that and that's the point is is i guess we all are like and it's fine like 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 the people who were engaged in Desnet from the beginning, like we, we all understood the risks. We all understood that like, you know, we're painting big old targets on ourselves and like, that's fine. But like, you're welcome because now you, as a faithful Latter-day Saint, you can come onto Twitter and you can criticize us and nobody's sending yeah. you gay porn. Right. Like I didn't even welcome. know that was a thing. So that I guess miserable. I do have you to thank for that because I've used the hashtag a few times. It was, it was it was a miserable experience. Yeah. So, so what, what the, the ex members and antis have done is create a block list now. And so anybody even like tangentially uh, associated with us gets on the block list. You subscribe to the block list and it just blocks all of us, which is so funny. Cause they're like, you guys shouldn't, we should create no manner of ites and separate into camps, but they're blocking 800 accounts. I'm sure I'm on that I list by the way, because my, my brother-in-law came across a does not exposed list. And he was looking through it. And one of his oh, yeah. one of his favorite things to joke about with my sister is the Seinfeld. I don't know if you're familiar with Seinfeld, but the Seinfeld episode when mm-hmm. uh, Jerry gets a mysterious package sent to him and he 
turns it away and George makes fun of him because he's like, you think you're bombable. And, and Jerry's like, oh, I suppose you think you're bombable. <laughs> and so this whole idea of like, oh, yeah, you think you're bombable, huh? Well, they saw my name on this list. And they like send me the screenshot. They send me the link and they're like, hey, looks like you're bombable, <laughs> which was hilarious. But right. yeah, right. it was funny, too, because it was like apparently that exposed Desnat list, I think. Or maybe it was just the block list. I don't know. But yeah, I'm, I'm appearing on it. And I'm like, I've never been anonymous. So I'm not sure exactly like what the pretense is for all this. It, it's not about it, It's just. Yeah, it's it's just about the the tactic is the same. It's about alienating. It's about you know separating people from from yeah. other people. And when it was Twitter stake, it was about separating the faithful from the faithful. And and so they would mob up and separate you out with the the block list. It's the same thing. We're separating the influence of anyone who might speak positively of the church. Just they're they're all racist, homophobic bigots. You want nothing to do with them. They're evil. We're separating you from them so that our influence reigns supreme, yeah. and that, that's stupid. We don't. We no, don't have of a course not. Like we don't. We don't. No, it doesn't solve that. anything uh, because that's no. That's not. That's not what we want. So, you know, the 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 usefulness of the hashtag on Twitter it's debatable. And I I said this years ago that like it's eventually going to run its course. It's going to outlive its usefulness, and and that's fine. And I think we've seen a lot of that. I think a lot of the networks are kind of being built. And you're seeing a lot of, of different groups kind of emerge that have really nothing to do with each other, except that they're all consisting of people who are trying to be faithful. And that's great. I, I welcome that. I don't care if if the Desnet hashtag is never used again. I, I've never really cared about that. It was wonderful. I'm still going to make memes when it's appropriate to make a meme uh, when somebody's being stupid. Yeah. And, <laughs> and somebody yeah. will. Please do. Please don't deprive us of that. Kind of, <laughs> <laughs> kind of shame it, but... It's, uh, it, it's been, it's been wild, man. It's, it's something else to like have random people call you up and like threaten you and your family and like call you all kinds of stuff, having no experience with you whatsoever, but because they read it in the Salt That's Lake it, Tribune yeah. or they read it in the Daily Beast or they, you know, and it's, it, I, I, I hate journalists. Oh, I'm with you. <laughs> I'm, I studied journalism too. Like not, it's, yeah, it's some, the, the, the idea of objectivity you know. is totally out the window. And when people ask me because well, of my experience, I actually, I worked as a sports journalist covering BYU football for a year as an intern. So I do have some experience in the industry mm -hmm. as well. But when people ask me, you know, who do I follow to stay informed? Because like, who can you trust? And I say, honestly, in terms of objectivity, you kind of just have to throw that out the door. For me personally, it's who I match up with moral, like my morals and my values the most. I'll take I'll take whatever current events are going through their lens 10 times over, 100 times over, because I don't want that to be compromised at all with somebody that has some sort of bias, especially a bias they don't rec like even recognize that they're just completely oblivious to. And so that's why when people ask, I straight up say, you know what, I'm a big fan of Ben Shapiro and the whole kind of Daily Wire platform. And that's primarily because I know those guys have values that are mostly made up of what I, my values are as well. And like, there's a lot of um, parallels to that. So that's kind of what I say. Right. Right. But yeah. And, and, and that's good. And we're all going to have to kind of, you know, forge our own way for like, yeah, how do you, how do you, how do you become a good consumer of, of current events and whatever? But yeah, yeah I, I, mo most of these people just have an ax to grind, you know, uh, the, the Salt Lake Tribune is the worst oh, no question. of all of them. Uh, they're, they're yeah. terrible. And 
Well, you know, not, not nothing they print about the church is honest or truthful, and nothing they've printed about us so, is no, honest so, or truthful. What's um, funny too is that you could, <laughs> part of what kind of in, ingratiated me into the Desnac movement or whatever you want to call it, I guess, was uh, the fact that I pointed out that um, there was a a woman on Twitter saying that she actually wanted to she she was apologizing for what Tad Collister had written back in like July. She was the editor for the Church so News, ridiculous. which is a subsidiary yeah, of Des, uh, the Deseret News, which is obviously owned by what was Bonneville right. Communication. I don't even know what they call it anymore, but it's all owned by the church. And that blew up. And we went, right. we went and like we all like there was a lot of talk about that on Twitter. And it was amazing by you guys. I and mean, this is one of those examples that you're talking about where it's like, hey, like, let's actually use this for good. And that was an exact case of that where the church all of a sudden kind of church news specifically had to answer for apologizing for a former apostle who was a presidency of the 70 who has written some of the most popular books that this church has ever seen. And, and they're apologizing to ex members of the church who, yeah. who in, in a, so don't care at all tweets, about what the church does. Nothing, yeah. They're not coming. They're not, they're not coming back yeah, because exactly. of this, right? Like this, you know, not, not that they can't, no, yeah, I hope they the do. I hope they repent, yeah. but like this, this isn't, this, this isn't a way to come back. That's for, for sure. Right. By pick, no, having a no, bone to I pick with no. former general authorities and everything like that. Anyway, sorry, I've, I've already kept you too long. There was one other question I want to ask you. I did have a quick redaction. I said this earlier in the episode. I said the spirit is customizable. I didn't mean that. I meant its spirit is accommodating. Right. I don't want to make it sound like idol worship. But yeah, it's like it, it knows us. Right. So yeah. don't try and don't try and be something right. you're not. The spirit will work with you anyway. Um and, and and be open to an experience that that is unique, right? Like that does speak to you, and don't don't doubt it because it doesn't sound like anything else. Anybody yeah, else has exactly. Had. Um, that's exactly right. Well stated. I got approached by a guy on LinkedIn who had wanted me to sit on some sort of uh, roundtable discussion. Did you hear from this guy talking about like being? Because he had said, "I see that you're part of the Desnat group on Twitter," and not and no joke. When he sent me that, I was like, "I am." <laughs> I was like, I, and I even responded to him. I was like, honestly, I've used the hashtag a few times. If that makes me part of Desnat, okay. I don't know. And then I told him, I said, I don't know if I'm the best representative for Desnat. Like, I don't know if other people would look at me and be like, who is this guy? Like, why is, it, why is he speaking for us? Because I told right. him all that. And I said, with that said, I don't know what you're looking for, but I'm interested. And it was this roundtable discussion of like Desnats and uh, specifically like homosexuals tied to the church, things like that. Did you ever hear anything from a guy like that at all? I I don't I don't have a LinkedIn. It seems like that request was going around, and I mean I personally I would I would just stay really? away from it. Like I I I don't see what what the gain from that is. Like my my position on it is the church's position sure. on it. That's pretty like easy. And and so I I yeah I don't I don't know what there is to gain except a gotcha right like like me speaking out of turn or whatever like. My position on family, my position on gender is all enshrined in the family proclamation. And until that changes, like, I, I'm not likely to change. And so any of those questions that would come up, how do you feel about that? Like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry it sucks. I'm sorry it's hard for you. I don't have the answers because God has not revealed those answers. Because if he does, the brethren have those yeah. answers. So what have they said about it, right? Like, you may find kind of personal ways through all this. But like, at the end of the day, my beliefs are aligned with that of my faith, which is marriage is defined, but you know, between a man and a woman and, and gender is not right, a la carte, eternal. right? Like the, these things, 
these things, these things matter. They are eternal. They are of eternal consequence. And that's what makes me a bigot. That's what makes me a homophobe and, and a sexist and everything else. Like, fine, I'm, I'm okay with that. But I don't know, something like that. And it, like I said, I, I think some of my friends had maybe been approached about that same thing. And I think that was at the time, the general consensus is like, what's uh, the point? This might be a yeah, that makes thing, sense. Right? That makes sense. It's good to know. And, and well, not, not to talk you out of, out of doing. Well, it, he hasn't even followed like, up. I haven't heard anything you know, for a couple months now, probably. So I, yeah. I haven't really cared. Well, so, so, I mean, there have been multiple attempts to entrap yeah, a lot of us. That makes sense. And, and even when they can't, they just make crap up. And so, so I'm always super leery of it. There was, there was a journalist, uh, maybe a year or two ago who had reached out wanting to know about Desnet who worked for Deseret News, right? Not the Salt Lake Trib, but, but Deseret News and was doing kind of the story. And as she was asking me these questions in the DM, it became very clear what her slant was. And, and I kind of got it out of her that she was intending to write a hit piece on us and was looking to, to kind of support our critics in it. And I was like, you can't quote me. I want nothing to do with this because, because it's garbage. It's trash journalism. Absolutely. It's not journalism at all. It's a one-sided, it's you know, yeah. witch hunt. It is. And, and I'm not, I'm not interested in it. So. Okay. I... But yeah, things like that, you know, I promise. I mean, knock yourself out. Yeah, right. No, yeah, no, I get that. I totally get that. I promise this is my last question because this is something that I've been like internal. It's kind of not an eternal battle, but it's something I've been talking about. Like in my own mind, I've talked about it in church. I've shared it in Sunday, like in uh, elders quorum lessons. I teach it. I teach the elders quorum, which has been an awesome, fun calling for me. But yeah, right. Where Where is the line between being a so-called, and I don't want to put words in your mouth saying a defender of the faith. I know that's like a John Taylor term, but. Yeah. We kind of all view ourselves defenders to some degree, like we want to kind of fight back when it calls for it and love because we still know love is the greatest commandment. Right. And I'm, and this is not me of my way of saying like, Oh, like you guys don't come across very loving. I'm not saying that at all. In fact, it's, it's what I've seen. I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll say that. I don't, yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't have any problem with that critique because I think a lot of the time it, it well, is I also think it's very personal. There, there it's very some... individual. You can never apply that to the it, entire it group because there are so many people that say things very exactly. carefully on, on Twitter, especially the, the Desnet women, mm-hmm. so to speak. Like they're just salt of the earth. Like really? Anyway, sorry. I'll let you go. Or, or yeah. I'll let you uh, proceed. Yeah. So, so, I mean, the, the question really is like, yeah, how do you, how do you balance the two? And, you know, it, it's always kind of funny to me when people accuse me of being contentious, especially like you're reading my words on a screen. And like in that moment, I am the authority on how I feel, mm-hmm. not you. And you might be feeling contention. You might be reading it and feeling contentious towards me. But like, I, I don't know. How do you how do you make the judgment that I must be acting out of contention and not love and not concern and not you know, genuine curiosity about your thought process here, because it makes no sense to me. Um, most, it, it's always funny to see like what I get accused of online, accused of being this or that. And like, I'm, I'm so far from angry, pretty much 99% of the time that like, I have to laugh about it. And like, I'm not, I'm not being contentious. I'm challenging the idea. And that's up for grabs. Like, you, 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 no, no, no idea in, in public discourse is so sacred that we can't challenge it. We should be able to challenge it. This is why anonymous accounts exist, right? Because they have to be anonymous to say a lot of the things that they're not allowed to say otherwise. Right. They get and, black, and black none listed. of it's even that extreme. Yeah. yeah, none of it's even that extreme. It's just we, we've kind of abandoned 
the utility in, in challenging any ideas. And I, th I think that's, that's a disaster for us. But um, so, so when it comes to like love and, and I think that's such a bastardized term because the, the kind agree, of love that we're actually. talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the, the kind of love that we're talking about is God-given love. And if you are not a repentant person, you are not a loving person, uh, not in the charitable kind of loving way. And to, 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 practice a virtue that you are not divinely receiving is fiction. It's fake. You're faking it. You're faking it till you feel it. And I, I don't like that at all. And so a lot of these people who are the most loving, I'm doing air quotes here, like most loving ever, are some of the biggest jerks that, that I've ever met. And some of the, the, the quickest to dismiss you by virtue of a block list, for example. I want nothing to do with this group of people because I perceive that they believe differently than I do. Where's where's the love in that? You're not directly confronting me, but you're yeah. shunning me. And and that's there's nothing loving about that at all. I'm willing to engage in a good faith discussion with anyone. It's pretty clear when you are engaging with me in good faith and when you are not. And when you're not, what obligation do I have to entertain that discussion uh like like at all? Yeah. First yeah. <laughs> first of all, um, but, but in a way that like, you know, I'm, I'm wasting my time trying to convince you that, wow, I really do genuinely love and care about you. Snake man, three, one, six, five, who I've never met before in my life. Like how I don't, I don't have genuine love and concern for you. I don't know who you are. I've never met you. I don't even know that you're not a yeah. bot, right? Like, so I don't know. I, I, I get, I get irritated by the whole thing. I get it. You read something and it hurts a little and you're like, oh, that guy's a jerk. He made me feel this thing. Uh, I don't subscribe to that entirely. I think, you know, when you really kind of boil it down, all we can give each other is information. And what you do with that information is, is kind of on you. I can give you a lot of really kind of negative information and I can influence what you do with that. But at the end of the day, if you decide I'm contentious or not, like that, that's your best guess based on the information I've given you. It has no bearing on what I actually feel. And so it's like being called a racist when people are saying, oh, you're a racist. Like, okay, thank you for crawling into my head and telling me how I believe and how I think. But I can tell you what I think and, and what I feel about people of other races. I can tell you that. And it's true because I'm the authority on that, yeah. <laughs> not you. Um, but but that doesn't matter. People are just, just you know, have decided that like, and and that's a way that, that people who hate us try to shut us up is because Mormons yeah. are nice. You guys are supposed to be nice and you're not being nice. And so why, why would I ever want to come back when it's filled with such judgment? It's like, well, why did you leave in the first place? If we're nice? Yeah. Like that, that's not what's keeping you out. So I don't know. No, I'm just I, kind of well, ranting I mean, around, well, around the idea. I love hearing the answer. I, I have, keep going, sir. I have seen lots of examples of people acting in love. People who are, buttholes on, <laughs> online most of the time anyway, who are jerks. I've seen in private conversations where they have acted with extreme love and extreme care. There, there was one guy who came into to one of the Discord groups, this was years ago, and was a student at BYU. He's like a grad student, I think. And his life was a mess and, and he was anti-church. He, he came in to antagonize us. And when we found out who he was, what he was actually up to, what was going on, like all of these guys who who you all who pay attention to the Disney hashtag, like who you all hate, <laughs> these guys who who you say are the worst offenders, I watched them beg and plead with this guy to like change his life, to turn around, to repent, to come back. And it was all very 
caring. It was really kind of an, an interesting experience, actually. Um, served as a little bit of a shock to me, even with close associations with these people, watching them totally turn it on for somebody who was only there to fight us and and to argue with us and and to claw at us. Once we realized, man, he's in he's in real trouble here. I saw genuine love and concern for him, the likes of which I have never seen from the people who criticize us online. I've never seen anybody reach out and say, hey, I'm sorry, with, with, with like one or two exceptions of people who have DM'd me and said, hey, I got you all wrong. I apologize. And I, I appreciate those people very much. But man, it, it doesn't happen. And so like when, when you want to talk about love, start showing it. Start, worry about yourself before you worry about others kind of is the gist of it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. We're, and exactly like, you know, that's, that. It, it just, I don't know. I'm well, just and I, I had almost even correct what I just said and say, worry about yourself and never worry about others when it comes to the love you feel versus the love you give only concern yourself with the love you give. In fact, when the whole rainbow, why came out um, earlier this year, I wrote a blog post and I titled it love my way or the highway. And the whole idea of it was we're told to love all this time, but that's only by their standard and their definition. And so like, what do you even mean when you right. say we're not loving? Because if BYU has to kick somebody out of the school because they've been acting out in a certain way, that's not going to come across as loving to that person potentially, but BYU could very well be doing it out of love. And so that was kind of my overall point. And so you, it's, and, and one thing that I've equated it to is that I do think where the Nephites really lost themselves in the book of Mormon, I mean, this is obvious, this is not groundbreaking, but I think the reason why is near the end of the book of Mormon, when they just, God was not with them anymore. I think it's when they made the change from, we're no longer defending anything. We're no longer defending our family and our faith. Right. We are genuinely just in it to kill Lamanites because we hate Lamanites. And that's when, right. when the love is gone, God's not on your side anymore. And that's, I mean, that's what you see is the end result. Right. And, you know, I mean, more, more specifically to kind of this, this whole Desnet thing, like there, there are people who use the hashtag who go looking for fights. I, I, I generally don't do that. Um, it usually comes to me and, and what, what I, what I do is, is boundary maintenance, right? Like I have set boundaries. There are certain things that I'll, that I'll tolerate being directed at me and certain things that I won't. And it's so funny that like woke culture for all of its like, you know, psychological uh, interest in, in setting boundaries and eliminating toxic people would call that practice unloving mm -hmm. and unkind. It, yeah. I mean, no, I'm, I, I have a boundary. You're crossing it. I'm enforcing the boundary. That's unkind. That's unloving. You're being a jerk. You could be better about this. You could be nicer about this. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. There's no nice way to tell you to get lost, <laughs> like, but, but get lost. I, I can just block you. And that's what I do. And then people rage at you from behind a block. Uh, but yeah, it, it, it's, it's such a double standard. And I think they know it's a double I think standard, they do too. Um, which is, which is why they, they flail around it. And like, this is such a sticking point for yeah. so many of them. Um, we, we can all elevate our discourse and, and a lot of people could stand to do that, <laughs> especially, and, and I can do that as well. Um, and I strive to do that. I, I, I hope I never make it personal about anybody online. Um, and, and I'm sure there are times where, where I have, where I've kind of crossed that line and I've made it a personal attack rather than just attacking the idea or attacking, yeah. you know, the principle that somebody's kind of putting out. There. I have to remind so, myself constantly. And that, that's, 
Yeah, and and that's that's love for everyone else who will come across that horrible opinion. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like that that my opinion will stand under that opinion as as a contrast for yeah. their sakes. And that that's what people don't really understand about Twitter and a lot of this online debate is it's not I'm not You're not trying to change them. To yeah, that's you. not going to happen. Yeah. I'm I'm debating you to to demonstrate to everyone else that they're not alone in their thoughts. And that's right? actually why I started my podcast. Yeah. Because I was like, I just want to, I want to give more fodder for the people that want to believe in something, basically, and want to be maybe more vocal yeah. and can't articulate it themselves. So maybe they can rely on things like this to help out a little bit more. Yeah. Oh, that's anyway, cool. Adam, I know you've got to go. You, I, I, I'm sorry. I've taken way too much of your time. I might actually have to divide this into two parts. I'll let you know, and I'll obviously tag you and everything. But seriously, I cannot thank you enough for taking the time. You're, you're. Yeah, man, I appreciate you're a great you, figure for all of us. I love the fact that I'm on your side, you're on my side, and that we're we're basically in this together. And I uh, look forward to many more interactions through Twitter and whatever else, and more podcasts from you guys as well. Absolutely, man. I appreciate you and appreciate you having me on. And love what you're doing. Keep it up. We need we need we need more I, doers, I agree. right? More people doing things and even if it's awkward it, it'll work out it'll work to our benefit could not agree more thanks again adam and uh merry christmas yeah, all right. have a good one talk to you later everything's changing my mind goes to a different time oh love i remember falling so madly there must have been magic in the valley and a rhythm in the night I could almost see it Did you fade right out of you If it takes time